Before we kick off our Race Matters podcast, I want to always pay my respects to the Gadigal peoples as the traditional custodians of the lands and the waterways that we are meeting on today. doesn't matter where you go on this beautiful country, no matter if it's city or bush, it always was and always will be Aboriginal lands. So I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Gadigal elders, both past, present and any future elders listening in with us today. Race matters. 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 So for today's Race Matters, it's a very exciting one. We are joined by writer Nana Kwame Ashabrenya. Nana Kwame has arrived from the United States a couple of days ago. He's a little bit jet lagged, <laughs> but he is the best-selling author of Friday Black, which is a collection of short stories and has received an enormous amount of applaud and praise. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Your collection of short stories, Friday Black, I've got to tell you, I have never read anything quite like it and I went into it. Um, not really knowing what to expect either. And it really did kind of take me on a roller coaster of emotions and themes and genres that I was never going to expect and really opened my eyes to a form of writing that I never really had seen before. And you, the thing that I loved the most about it was that you kicked it off yeah. with something so simple, which is a Kendrick Lamar quote. Um, anything you imagine you possess. So why did you choose to include this particular quote? Yeah, um, it's from a song called Blessed. It's actually a Schoolboy Q song, but Kendrick Lamar is the one who, like you said, he's, he's featured on that song. And I, it's like, you know, just it, it, the whole song is pretty important to me. Um, but yeah, that anything you imagine you possess line, uh, it was a kind of a way for to remind myself that like you sort of are, oh, especially if you're a writer, creative, or like, you know, in my sort of lane, you always have your power kind of. Um, and I think that's important because I think I came to writing and so much of my attitude towards, I don't know, quote unquote success or whatever was really t- tied to material and like, you know, trying to be not poor anymore, mm-hmm. basically. And I liked to start with that to sort of remind myself, like, you know, I have the thing that's important and that's kind of, and it kind of can't be taken away. And also, you know, this is how, this is how I make things. This is how I sort of create um, through my imagination and also and anyone can too and so you know it's kind of a reminder for myself and for for uh, whoever might t- read the book that you know you have a lot of power just in your ability to sort of create reality by imagining whatever you want yeah it's a very sobering thought isn't it and something that I think would humble you a lot because anything material can be taken away within yeah. an instant yeah especially under the systems that we live under like we live under colonial white supremacist systems yes. and they're never in our favor you know whether you're indigenous black whether you're an immigrant refugee like yeah. things can be taken away from you in an instant we don't really wield a physical kind of power we have to really imagine it like our knowledge is our power yeah and I think you know for me uh, especially like sort of being younger and any type of sort of housing insecurity stuff. Like once I realized like, you know, being young, like they could just turn your lights off mm. and they could turn your water off. Yeah. You know, and when that, when that happens, you it, it changes something in how you look at the world because you sort of, you know, you realize it's not as sweet as you thought it was. And um, and part a lot of the reason I came to writing was it is free, and you know um, they kind of can't take it away from you actually. And that's that was I think more than anything that was very that was that was like 
sort of initially what I really loved and like, because I had something that was mine and I can even if I I can always have a yellow pad I can the library's free mm. and so um it was it was huge for me and 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 especially as you get older you do realize sort of the the white the white hetero white patriarchy that's around us and, and it's like it's hard you know so yeah. you, and, and and how often because of the body you might inhabit um and you know the things that might not be allowed to you you know Bless my nigga. Yes, my nigga, you're blessed. Take advantage, do your best, my nigga. Don't stress. You was granted everything inside this planet. Anything you imagine, you possess, my nigga. You reject these niggas that neglect your respect for the progress of a baby step, my nigga. Step, step, my nigga. One, two, skip, skip, back, back. Look both ways. Pull it off the hip. Blast at anybody say that you can't flip this crack into rap music. Every other zip is a track. Get used to it. Get it off quick. Come back. Give back to the city you built. That's that. Don't trip. See money. Fuck niggas. Dog. It ain't nothing but a bunch of fuck niggas, dog. In a minute, everybody go be winning. Put a little faith in it, then recognize that we all bless my nigga, bless my nigga. Really think about it, could be worse, my nigga. Don't stress, my nigga. Yes, my nigga. We all bless my nigga. Stay blessed, my nigga. Bless my nigga. Really think about it, could be worse, my nigga. Don't stress, my nigga. Yes, my nigga. We all bless my nigga, uh. Friday Black, it feels like a really strong reflective commentary on race, capitalism, class, especially in America right now. Mm -hmm. So what is America right now to you and has your perspective on it changed, especially over the last few years? Um, you know, uh, America, I mean, it's home. That's where I, that's what, and so there's so much to some, and to say that is to acknowledge like, man, I, you know, my home is like, uh, <laughs> like the also the home of so many flavors of evil and 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 to think about how um and and my home even if whether i was sheltered from it at an early age or not has always sort of um looked at people that look like me as um you know violently it's always treated us violently and um and now it's it's, it's getting scarier because it seems like sometimes like these sort of institutions that are try to crush so many of us are being are getting emboldened, they're getting galvanized. Um, so it's it's kind of um, America's a lot of things, uh, but it, you know at the same time I think in response to so much that has happened recently, we see a lot of people sort of rising up. Mm. I think America is like you know it, 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 we, you have so many different uh, people from so many different backgrounds sort of finding some power now actually, and I think and against this sort of overwhelming sort of homogenous sort of mass that is like sort of tries to steamroll everybody you know we do have people pushing back so you know i think it's in a place it's, it's in a state of sort of crisis but also in that crisis i think people are rising to the occasion so i don't know if i have I, I i i'm afraid of what's 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 next but also i i feel like you know we can't afford to be hopeless either especially since everything that's happened with trump coming into power it's brought all of those you know, hidden evils yeah. out into the open, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you think that makes it a little bit easier to tackle now as well? Well, I, I, I was talking about, um, so yesterday they asked me, um, you know, about how I feel about him and, you know, what the, and I, and how, the fact that I had written this book way before he was elected, yeah. which is true. And I was like, you know, he's a symptom, not the disease, no. yeah. you know? And, 
And I think it. I think he does make on some level some things easier. But it, but the problem is also he does legitimize some people who have similar views, you know, who are similarly I don't know, racist, misogynistic, all this stuff. He is. Um, so, but I do think it is good, maybe on some level, to have like <laughs> um, a face for some people. It's a little less theoretical. And I think also those who people who are like, eh, it's not that bad can like maybe be like, oh wait, no, it's way worse than we thought. And so I think on some level again, I, I try to hope that it can there's a lot of potential good out of, you know, this happening this way. Um, but it, you know, it's it, it's it's hard to say. With one of your stories in particular, because there's so many different themes that you touch on, but there was one that stood out to me, and I just had to ask this because it, it, that's what it kind of spoke to me. In Zimmerland, yeah. the CEO of Zimmerland, this company that's trying to yeah. tackle social injustices yeah. and how to put yourself in you know, those real-life situations and how you would handle them, but it really ends up just becoming a self-gratuitous thing for people with... Um, really problematic symptoms. Yeah. Um, the CEO of it, Helen, is he a kind of comment on this new wave of like allyship, you know, white people trying to have a savior role in race relations? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think he's like, you know, like the, the final, like a, like the, the worst version of that, that sort of ally that doesn't listen, mm. you know, that ally that like knows the best and uh, wants to, um, maybe a beginning is sort of kind of maybe in the right place but then um i think he takes it even further than that he's a uh, he's believing in like there's a profit model direct an overt profit you know sort of a model off his allyship mm. and um i think usually you know the sort of more performative allies are benefiting in like a sort of clout or like social currency he's getting that and also literal money too so i think he is um that sort of thing but also for me what's important to keep in mind is he is also that sort of uh, that benefactor that might sort of feel enticing to like let's say like in this we have a protagonist in that story who's a person of color and is participating in earnest because he thinks maybe he can help mm. and so like you know for me um basically i guess uh the worst form of fiction is sort of a, is a zimmerland you know that is you might be recreating this pain Unethically, you might be recreating this sort of death over and over again for profit. For you know, like my publishing company could be in the work. If if I if you aren't vigilant, it could be a healing actually. So I try to, um, to me on some level, it's a reminder for myself again to be like you know, you have to really stay vigilant on yourself, really be precise, really try to be intentional, and uh, make work that is going to um, dismantle the sort of uh, violence that you see and not just like recreate it on the page yeah because there's a lot of um content that's out there we have it here with ourselves as first nations people um a lot of white people try to engage with us as a people and our culture and end up making matters worse right and um it it's it's what they try to create it ends up kind of coming becoming like trauma porn yeah you know and it's a way of like making them feel better about themselves in like their own privilege yeah absolutely and it's you know it's part of i i i talk often about how like you know i 
I like what's happening now that we're thinking about racism and how it manifests in so many different ways. Because a long time we were really, really familiar with sort of the 12 years of slave kind of depiction. And uh, that, I don't, not to be too disparaging to that, because that is maybe potentially very purposeful. But if that's all you see, one, you do have, again, this trauma porn, this sort of generational trauma porn. But also you get this sort of, this feeling that like A, racism isn't, alive and well today because it's not doesn't exist in the same form in overt you know direct slavery chattel slavery and also you have these opportunities for these like white saviors to emerge in those narratives again and so i think um it's a it's a problem and again like you know when you have these allies that don't want to listen that want to be the one to like you know thinking about like what who are they serving is it the world and the people that they try or is it like this sort of this ego thing and and being willing to like be checked about that and same thing with um you know i think as as, as a man especially like a, you know like straight males can like do that do the same kind of thing often you know yeah. where you speak over a woman when you're trying to like participate in a conversation about like how to help with misogyny you know and and I think, you know, it's hard because sometimes, you know, you get checked and your initial response maybe is to be defensive. But I, I try to, like, welcome that sort of checking, you know, because you were thinking about where we're really trying to go, not your ego. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's it happens a lot in so many different ways. And I think it's important to just, like, you know, be willing to listen. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the key there is willing to listen because we get that question a lot here. It's like, you know, like, how can I help? Like, just, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just take a moment. <laughs> it's, so, it's funny, you know, like right on the spot, like like create a policy for me to do right now. You know? <laughs> I get Where's it. my to-do list? <laughs> and it's like, you know, I mean, again, like that energy like is good, but you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my palace. Champagne in my chalice. I got it all covered like a wedding band. Wonderland, so my alias is Alice. And we gon' start a motherfucking pussy riot. Or we gon' have to put them on a pussy diet. Look at that, I guarantee I got them quiet. Look at that, I guarantee they all inspired. A-Town made it out there. Straight out Kansas City, yeah, we made it out there. Celebrated, graduated, made it past fail. Sassy, classy, Kool-Aid with the kale. Mama was a G, she was cleaning hotels. Papa was a driver, I was working retail. Kept us in the back of the store, we ain't hitting no more moon lit nigga, lit nigga. Already got the Oscar for the costume. Running down Grammys with the family. Probably give a Tony to the homies. Probably get an Emmy dedicated to the highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah, we highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah, Gemini still jamming. Box office numbers and they doing outstanding. Running out of space on the damn bandwagon. Remember when they used to say I look too manish? Black girl magic, y'all can't stand it. Y'all can't ban it. Made out like a bandit. They've been trying hard just to make us all vanish. I suggest they put a flag on a whole nother planet. Jane Bond, never Jane Doe. And I Jane Go, never Sambo. Black and white, yet yeah, it's always been my camo. It's looking like y'all gon' need some more ammo. I cut them off, I cut them off, I cut them off like Van Gogh. Now, damn right for the angle. I got away with murder, no scandal. <laughs> Cue the violins and violas. We gave you life, we gave you birth. We gave you God, we gave you earth. We film the future, don't make it worse. You want the world, well, what's it worth? Emoticons, Decepticons, and Autobots. Who twist the plot? 
who shot the sheriff, then fled to Paris in the darkest hour, spoke truth to power, made a fan joy out of your girlfriend. Let's get caught downtown in the whirlwind and paint the city pink, paint the city pink, and tuck the pearls in just in case the world in. Huh. And nigga down dog, nigga move back, take a seat, you are not involved. And hit the mute button, let the vagina have a monologue. Mansplaining, I fold them like origami. What's the way, baby, this a tsunami. For the culture, I kamikaze. I put my life on a lifeline. If she the GOAT, now would anybody doubt it? If she the GOAT, now would anybody doubt it? Huh. Do anybody got it? Do anybody got it? I say anybody got it. Using the short story structure, this compilation of short stories, and you only have like a couple of pages to create a full on beginning, middle, and end conclusion, um, whatever that conclusion may or may not be. Mm. So, how do you kind of find your short story structure with topics that are so heavily complex? Well, you know, it's um, what I, for me, what happens is I, I don't usually overtly have like the topic as such, like in mind per mm. se. So, I, I have these characters and I have like a sort of scenario that I think is interesting. I sort of know, I mean, you know what I mean? I have a story in a mall. I know that there's zombie people. I know I'm not saying capitalism is wonderful. You know, I know that, yeah. but like I don't go in thinking I'm gonna take down capitalism. So what, what I do think is like, who is this person in this space, you know? And how do they move through the space in a way that I think is engaging and purposeful? How can they have some type of growth? How can they have some type of arc over the course of um, a couple of pages? And that's usually where I go by. And the story, like, sort of, if for me, when I pay a lot of attention to the characters, when I sort of focus on the language, um, the story will kind of tell me, like, this is what I want to be. This is kind of the form I need. And I sort of follow off that. Um, very rarely do I, like, go in sort of having, like, a a structure in mind or, mm. or, or even, like, a direct, like, subject necessarily. That said, I get, like I said, you know, I kind of know... If, in the Finkelstein Five, when I start a story like that, it's about ra this racial violence is, is key to it. Yeah. But um, I, I I don't necessarily go in thinking I'm going to write a story about racial violence, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think some of the best writing does come when it's focused solely on a protagonist and you're fleshing out the arc yeah. of that protagonist. Because then the story does kind of write itself in a way, doesn't it? Right, yeah. And you, yeah, if you listen to it, and it's hard, you know, and through revision and constantly, like, sort of, I don't know, trusting that these characters are going to, like, do what you need them to do, um, it will sort of inform what happens and try to tell it. It will take form eventually, and you, or at least trusting that process, making room for that that process to happen is, like, a big part of what being a writer is for me now, anyways. Yeah, because especially as writers, like, you're always, like, what you're putting on the page is essentially your lived experiences. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. all of those themes will always generally, they're all your thoughts, things that we already know about, which is all intertwined in Friday Black. So they're all already there. So it's, they'll yeah. just kind of come out. It's going to it's gonna be there. And just, like, you know, try to, sometimes you have to just get out of, out of the way, sort of, you know, and that's why they, people often say, like, you know, write what you know. And it's kind of almost like a reductive type of advice because you have no choice, you know. Write what you know is true, even if you write about aliens in space. Mm. You know, you have you can't you can't write what you don't know. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Um, even if you know, and, that, and that's and that's to say, like you know, even if you're writing about dragons in Mars or whatever, you know, that's that's what you do know. So, you know, you have no choice really with that part. Yeah. Um. So Friday Black 
also what it really does is it holds up a really good mirror to America. And um, honestly, most nations actually that are built upon white supremacy, there are a lot of themes that I've read through that is like super relevant to it's holding up that mirror to the States and a lot of the nations built on white supremacy. So how do you expect readers to feel when they're reading these kinds of short stories? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I hope that and actually, like, I actually hope engage is, like, the first thing. Because for me, that's sort of the bedrock. I want people to, like, to be, like, come to the table first. Because I think if they're not engaged or interested and in actually enjoying it, um, nothing else can happen. Um, and then once there, you know, I want I want them to feel complicated about, quote, unquote, enjoying that. You know, I want them to feel sort of uncomfortable. And then I also hopefully, like, ultimately, I want what I hope for most Again, and again, like, you know, I, sometimes I think it's a precarious thing to hope any specific thing. But what I really hope is that, like, people's imaginations stretch. You know, I hope, like, these the stories in in this book are take the world as as it is and sometimes imagine it maybe a little bit worse or maybe just change the way it's happening. And don't It's not exactly worse, it's different. So you can't ignore it. So it feels sort of surreal, um, quote, unquote, surreal, maybe. And But I hope what I hope happens is in response, you'd be like, well, that sucks and this we can do better and now maybe what if you could use that same imaginative muscle that allowed you to even understand what I was talking about to sort of imagine what it's a little bit better or a lot better and so for me that's what I kind of want that thing that's what I want my having my readers but I think that happens in most cases through first being engaged then being made uncomfortable by the sort of unflinching sort of reality even if it's presented in the a way that is thought of as as surreal. Yeah, I think fiction's a really great educative tool in that sense because, you know, it's imaginative. Yeah. So people can, it's easy for people to engage even if it's about their own problematic traits and behaviours, mm-hmm. more so than like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, and I think to me, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's the one thing I think, you know, fiction specifically can do is that like I might make a world that doesn't exist anywhere except for in my head mm. and, and, and someone can engage who I don't know in literally Australia, which is, you know, <laughs> might understand it, you know? And so again, there's, there's so much to say about the how that's inherently a super empathetic gesture to pick up a book and read it. But also um, what that does and how forcing you to imagine something that you have could have never imagined your, yourself. Yeah. You know, and every time you read, that's kind of happening. Get a 
residential suite, leave with their linen in the rows that's rented, window sinning. When did you realize that your race made you powerful? What a great question. Um, so I'm the child of uh, Ghanaian immigrants. And and, uh, and my name is Nana Kwame J. Brenya. And, uh, you know, I, where I'm from, it is a lot of... A, a lot of children of immigrants, but um, there's a lot of like sort of Haitians and South Americans. There's some Africans, but, um, but yeah, anyways, now, and even before that, when I was in Queens, you know, it's pretty, it was pretty diverse, mm. but that said, there weren't necessarily, any, I remember being like in first grade or something where there was, there weren't, and there wasn't anybody with like a name like mine. And I remember, I'm like, I'm like first grade is this is one time I can think of like other instances where you kind of grow into this more and more and more yeah because I because focused on my name and I and I've kind of written about it. I didn't put I haven't put the story out but I think I will at some point um I remember and so yeah anyways people were like you know make little jokes about my name and it was annoying mm. and uh I remember when I found out in America anyways my parents their name is like Jane and Dennis. <laughs> In America, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they put in their stuff. They're really, you know, F one like Kojo or whatever. But like, they had that like here. And I remember I was like, I felt so like super annoyed and betrayed by that. I was like, what, you know? Mm. And this is like me, like seven or something, and or eight or whatever. And I remember when um I used to like uh, Save by the Bell. Oh, I loved Save by the Bell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember being like one day being like, you know what, I want to be Zach. My name should be Zach mm. now because I'm over this. It's tiring. It's really annoying. I don't want to do it. And I was like, I'm Zach. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? And I remember like trying to like break that in with my parents. And they were like, what are you talking about? You you are not Zach. I'm like, I want to be Zach. How come I can't be Zach? And they were like, because your name means something. And what does Zach mean? You know? And um, I was like, well, your name is, you know, like this. And they're like, you know, and now they're getting ready like, to pretty much beat me. But they did anyways. <laughs> but anyways, uh, they go to like, long story short is like, you know, like this is your, like your name is this and it means something. You mean you can like, you know, even though you're not from there, that's, you're still part of that. And I remember going back to school because uh, whoever had like tried to make fun of my name and said something about it. And I was they, I, I, I don't know. I said, they said something about it again. And I was like, you're jealous because your main name doesn't mean anything, you know? Damn. And, um, and then I also, I think I also said like, you know, like other stuff. And yeah. then like, like less, <laughs> I said something like that. And their <laughs> name probably meant something. It was like George. I'm sure it meant something. But anyways, I was like, your name is like equivalent of, this is like me seven or eight. Like my name means something. And I knew that. I, even, I don't know if I even told them, but I knew what it meant. And, or they knew it had a meaning. And they said, and they didn't have that. And I was like, so I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, early on I had that. And again, of course, you know, you grow in that over and over again over the course of years. Um, but uh, it, it was a cool thing to have. And eventually, and eventually it became a big part of my identity. Like, I liked the thing of, like, I have, you know, it's a little annoying because, like, <laughs> in the beginning of every roll call in class, like, the teacher's like, listen, I'm going to mess up names. I'm super sorry. Because I'm at the top. My last name oh, starts with an A. I know that. My yeah. last name starts with an A. So they always go really in. And I just have to listen. It's not out. I just <laughs> I just help. Just try to free them from their misery. But um, something I always have now. So, you know, that's an early time for me. 
Oh, that's a really, I love that response because names are so powerful, you know, especially our cultural names. Like that's a part of your parents. That's a part of your ancestors getting passed down. That's a part of your history, Yeah, yeah. you know? So I love that answer that that was the first time that you realized you were powerful was Mm -hmm. when you realize what your name meant and i and i tried to like lose it i tried to be zach morris like you know what i mean like the like the archetypical white guy yeah. like you know what i mean yeah. well because my name is well so sada khan is how you pronounce it yeah from pakistan yeah it's from my pakistani side and like um it would always be it was so annoying because it's not a hard name like sada khan that's it yeah. or khan or like i would I'd, I'd water it down for them i'd be like just say sarah khan yeah you know and they would say like sarah can <laughs> like, it's like still you can't like anything that comes to culture and you choke on it i don't get it <laughs> yeah i mean my name it's funny because like my first name especially like you know my, my, my nana kwami like you know nana kwami is how my parents say but like i go by nana Literally Nana. Yeah. And back home, I know I know where people know me from because back home it's Nana. They say yeah. it wrong. I just let it rock and now I'm okay with it because it helps me know where people know me from. Yeah. But like, my name isn't hard. It's yeah. two syllables. Over and, <laughs> yeah. and even 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 Nana, Nana, I get things other than those two things. Mm. You know, and I'm like, how could, how? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's funny to see that, you know, that what isn't, what isn't familiar and what's also interesting to what happens is at a certain point, <laughs> this is what I've recently realized in the last like year or so. You know, prior to like the last two years, let's say I can I can't name the time someone had said my name right. Mm. You know, now I can't hardly remember when they say it wrong. It's so rare, and the difference is, <laughs> I don't think it's like they. The difference is they ask me. Mm. <laughs> now they care to ask me because right. they think like oh. Whatever, because of some <laughs> status thing that's changed. Yeah. Now it's like they ask. Yeah. And they could have always asked, but now they do. Before we wrap up, Game of Thrones, yes. episode three, came out on Monday. Yeah. If you have not watched episode three, which I don't understand why you have not watched episode three yet, but if you haven't watched episode three, do not go ahead because there are spoilers. Okay, good. I was about to be so scared because I was going to say like, are you going to make me say spoilers right now? <laughs> no, I just put that disclaimer out there. There's going to be spoilers. Did you know I watched the show already? Did you just like assume everyone did? No, I'm, I'm going to be talking about one of the tweets you put up. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Okay, got it. Copy, 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 so copy. So this tweet you put up, I just, I had to just shout it out. If you don't think Arya deserves, we can fight, period. You're a dumbass also. When it comes to hand slash murder, she is by far the truest in the series. She spent her entire life since like 13 on assassin shit. Fuck you. <laughs> really lighthearted. Oh, I was just like, that's right there. See, like... How you, that was just like a full thesis <laughs> in 140 characters. This is what a short story, like, best-selling author you know? can do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's it's really annoying, though. Like, it's like, first off, I need to get off Twitter because they just ruin every, every fucking thing. <laughs> every, everything. And it's like, dude, I saw, I wrote that response. To, I don't know if you saw people were like, Aya doesn't deserve mm. to. First, people were calling her Mary Sue. What is that? I saw that. What does that mean? It's shade to call you basic. Like That's, you're, yeah. Like what? It's, yeah, like it's a Mary like, Sue, like you're just a, like, a, like I don't know. I yeah. saw that and like, I didn't understand it exactly, but I was like, okay, this means something. And I saw it here too, because like, I'm, because being in Australia, I, I feel like I get the, the things here. Like yeah. The hashtags are going on here. But like, I just thought like, first off, people ruin everything. Like, mm. how did, this is a cool thing. Like, just what is wrong with you? I know. And also, like, I don't know if it's like, it's if it's like the like who did you prefer? Like is it Jon Snow? Like it makes me hate like even liking Jon Snow. Now I'm like I I can like both characters in the show. Yeah. But also like objectively, 
Like you could you can like Jon Snow, I do. Objectively, Arya is a different kind of monster. She's barely human anymore. Like she's past. If you watch the show, like what are you talking about? I've always liked it even before, like because she mm. her her story's just been cool. She's been like totally separated from everybody for so long. I remember. Like the day, like the episode where I was really in the red, the red wedding where she like is about to get so there, close. and it's so like, close, yeah. and she sees like the heads like that. I was like, oh no, and and then list thing that's so yeah. dope. So like you've seen her like, you see the people she's done stuff to. She put people in pies. She put people in pies and fed them like they're like kids and stuff. Mm. And so you think she can't, you know what I mean? Kill the Night King. She can't, and all it takes is stabbing him. Yeah. All it takes was stabbing him. It wasn't Which like we you, always knew that. So when people were like, yeah, it was so easy. It was like, the, 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 they told us that all along. <laughs> you saw Jon Snow hit the other one. He shattered before. Yeah, with in the season Valer- five. thing. So like, yeah, people are just annoying. It's like, just like, why do you ruin everything? And I just feel like it's the same like sort of dudes on like Xbox Live who mm. are like racist and dumb. I call yep. them like incels a lot because I think it makes them mad. <gasps> That's a great one. That's a yeah. great insult. It affects them. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those dudes. Oh, so do I. I really, <laughs> they really irk me too. You've been listening to a bonus episode of Race Matters, hosted by Sarah Khan. A big thank you to Nana Kwame Ajibranya for coming through for a chat. His collection of short stories, Friday Black, is out now and available from any good bookstore. We couldn't recommend it enough. This episode was produced on Gadigal land at the FBI Radio Studios by me, Tanya Ali, the executive producer of Race Matters. To get more Race Matters delivered straight to your favorite podcast app, subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Or you can check us out at fbiradio.com forward slash race matters, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at race underscore matters. If you have been enjoying our podcast and you have a moment, please check us a rating or review on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Catch you next time. Race matters. 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 Race matters.